بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على اشرف الانبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا وما بعد my brothers and sisters and elders there are two ways of working two ways of working whatever it is whether it's your private personal work whether it is your official work uh, in uh, business or whatever two ways one is to do the minimum necessary to stay out of trouble if you don't do that minimum then you get in trouble right somebody will ask you question you fire you whatever so minimum possible that's one way the other way is to do the maximum possible so you do the minimum then you go do much more as they say you get a medal for doing over and above your duty to do your duty you get a salary but to get a medal to get a award you do over and above your duty now when you look at the lives of the sahaba rizwan lahi alayhi ajmain you see the example of the second kind which is to do the maximum possible right may allah protect us from ourselves today we are in the first kind uh, i don't mean you i mean most people that minimum possible i have to pray four rakat fard i pray fard khalas sure no problem i mean nobody says that if you do not pray the sunnah you will go to jahannam no although deliberately not praying sunnah muakkada is a sin i mean there is no doubt about this all the imr agreed upon this but it it is it is not kufr or something you will the issue is not that issue is not whether it is any time we have to ask this question is this kufr is this haram or is it makruh these questions indicate what they indicate this attitude of looking for the minimum possible to do right now the sahaba didn't have this the sahaba had the opposite they loved allah subhanahu wa taala to such an extent that anything which allah subhanahu wa taala liked they did and they did more and anything that allah disliked at least to the best of my knowledge wallah alam sheikh will uh, correct me if i am wrong to the best of my knowledge the sahaba never asked nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam questions like this ya allah subhanahu wa taala dislikes this ya rasulullah but you know how much Huh? <laughs> they never ask this question. Is, is this haram? Is this uh, or, or is it okay? You know, once in a while, little bit. They never ask this question. I mean, today these questions are very common. Fatwa shopping. The Sahaba did not do fatwa shopping, right? And what was the result of that? The result of that was Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala Jalla Jalla Loo who they loved. and who knows alimun bizati sudur allah knows what's in the heart allah subhanahu wa taala said about them walladhina amanu ashadd hubban lillah hey this is not somebody's or some individuals or human beings uh, opinion this is the kalam of allah jalla jalaluhu and allah knows what's in the heart walladhina amanu ashadd hubban lillah allah said but the believers they love allah more than anyone and anything else Now one such was the sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam who loved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and who loved Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam 
more than anyone else. Now we all know the story of, but the reason we keep on repeating the stories is good, alhamdulillah, to repeat the stories of, these are our Salafus Salihin. In Islam, when we say Salafus Salihin, we do not mean our lineage, you know, my father, my grandfather, my gra- we talk about our Salaf in the deen, right? Islam is not about racism. It's not to say, well, I'm Arab or non-Arab or this and this. It is, for us, the, who, what is our, what is our culture? Our culture is the culture of Rasulullah Wasallam. It's the culture of Islam. What is our nationality? Our nationality is Islam. What is our, who are our Salaf? Ancestors, who are the, our ancestors are the ancestors in Islam. So Salaf Salihin are, these are the people. Now, Musa ibn Mehmar he was from the Quraysh. <coughs> he was a very wealthy person. Uh, his mother was a very powerful, very wealthy woman. And she was, she was powerful to the extent that she was actually feared by, by people. She was so, you know, she had such presence and such command. And she loved her son more than anybody else. So imagine, now here is this very wealthy woman, very powerful. And she has this son, Musab ibn Umayr, and he had another brother also, and he had sister and so on. But this Musab ibn Umayr, she loved him very much. So what is the result of that? Obviously, you've got a wealthy parent who loves you very much, means... You know, platinum card, right? I mean, un- unlimited spending amount. So, Usam bin Umar, like any other young person, he was fond of good clothes, he was fond of good perfumes, and this and that. And he was like an iconic figure among the Quraysh. People used to ask, oh, what is he wearing today? What kind of... They used to say that if you walk past in a, in a, in a place, then you, you went there after some time, you would still smell the perfume. That was that's the kind of beautiful perfume that he used to wear. So, somebody who was very fond of life was, you know... Now, he... Met Rasulullah through another Sahabi, he went to Baitul Alqam and he met Nabi Sallallahu Rasulullah put his blessed hand on his chest and Musab bin Umayr's life completely changed. He listened to the recitation of the Quran by Nabi Sallallahu and he prayed there and he accepted Islam. Now, after some, obviously, he knew his mother was not in favor of this, so he tried to hide it for some time. But you know, Makkah was a small little place. How long will you hide? And especially if you are among the big and powerful people are watching you all the time. Somebody saw, they said, oh, he's going there to this place. And they reported it to his mother. His mother called him, when, he, when his mother called and asked him, she called the whole tribe. So there, there was a whole bunch of elders and everybody, his family people and so on. Said, What's going on? They said, well, you know, I have accepted Islam. So the mother said, she first tried to persuade him and so on, she had tried to threaten him. When he wouldn't listen, she confined him. She tied him up in, you know, and put him in a room and put guards on there. So he can't leave. He can't leave, he can't do anything, just food was given to him. But Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when the love of Allah is in the heart, then nothing can shake. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this for us, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fill our hearts with his love, Jalla Jalla. So eventually, to make a long story short, she threw him out of the house. She said, okay, go. And take, she took everything from him. Every, everything. Right? No money, no nothing, in, no clothes, nothing. Just, she took everything from him. Just gave him enough to cover his body. Musa bin Abu left the first group of Muhajirun was going to Abyssinia. He left with them. And he stayed there for some time. After that, when they came back to Makkah, because there was this rumor to say that people have changed. When they came back to Makkah, he came back with them. And then Rasulullah sent him to Medina as his ambassador. Now, Musa bin Umar, he, when he reached Medina, he was under the protection of 
the person who was the first person in Medina to accept Islam, and that was a man by the name of Asad bin Durara. He was from the Khazraj. He was the first person to accept Islam and he was the first person to die and be buried in Baqi. So Asad bin Durara was his uh, was his host and his protector. So one day they were sitting in one garden and there were some people who had accepted Islam. They were sitting with them and Musa ibn Abu also was a very beautiful Qari. He used to recite very, very beautifully. So he was reciting some Quran. They were listening to him. When suddenly Asad bin Durara he noticed and he said there is a man coming who is the one of the big leaders of this tribe. And that was Usaid bin Hudayr. Later on, he also became a very beautiful Qari of the Quran and one of the closest companions of Mr. Salam. But that time he was not a Muslim. So he was coming and he was in a rage. He had a spear in his hand, he had a sword. He, he came and he started shouting and he, he said to Asad bin Zorara, he said, he was his cousin. He said, if, I, if you were not here, I would have taken off this man. Said, who's this man? Where did he come from? What is this? He's talking against our gods and this and this. So, Musa ibn Umayyah didn't react. See, again, we are seeing here, when we listen to the stories, think about what lessons we learn from this. This is not just entertainment, some story. This is a beautiful story to teach us how to present Islam to somebody who is hostile. Right? Somebody who is powerful, somebody who is very hostile. He hates the sight of you, he hates Islam, he hates everything else coming and cursing and shouting at you. What do you do? You shout back? No. Musa ibn Umayyah said nothing. He just smiled at him. And when he, I mean, no matter how much you are shouting, you have to breathe. So when he stopped to take a breath, Musab bin Umayyad said to him, see, he said, why don't you sit down? Why don't, he's standing with, with, his, with his spear. He said, why don't you sit? I will tell you what I came here for. If you like it, listen to it. If you don't like it, I will go. So what is he doing now? See, see the beautiful strategy. First, wait until he stops. If you tell him to stop, he won't stop. So wait, he has to breathe. He will stop. When he stops, speak very nicely, very politely. Don't challenge. Don't, don't fight. And when you speak, what do you do? Move him from his place. This is very important in, in negotiation. He's standing, make him sit down. If he's sitting down, make him stand up. If he's standing in one place, make him take one step forward. Whatever it is, move him from his physical movement. Physically move him from his place. So he was standing. He said, please... Come and sit with us. So now he has to take a step forward. He comes and sits down. There is a psychological connection between the mind and the body. You move the body forward. The mind also is now willing to change. Right? Now he is standing there rooted with his spear. And, no, don't talk to him now. Bring him forward. So he came. And, now what is he telling him? He is not telling him anything. He is saying, I am here. I will tell you something. Listen to it. What can It can't harm you. What, what will it do? I mean, I am not asking you to give me anything. I am not asking for a donation. Nothing. I, and if you don't like it, I will go away. So there is no challenge. There is no, there is no uh, you know, conflict. So Usaid bin Hudayra sat down. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one to give hidayah. So Usaid bin Hudayra again recited Quran. And he says, the writer of this story, he says, you could see the change in the face of Usaid bin Hudayra he listened to the Quran and he said to him, how do I enter this religion? So he said, go have a bath, take a shower, come back, clean clothes and say, Ashadu Allah, Ilaha Illallah, Ashadu Muhammad Rasulullah. He went and came back. Then he said, there is one man here. 
if he accepts Islam, then your job is over. But he is a very difficult man. He is not an easy man. He is a warrior. He is a very, he's got a very bad temper. And he is a very hard man. He is a very, very hard man. But if that one man accepts Islam, Khalas, he said, this whole tribe of Khadraj will accept Islam. Because he is so powerful. He said, who is this man? He said, his name is Saad bin Wahid. So he said, now what to do? He said, don't worry, I'll bring him here. After that, it's up to you. <laughs> yeah. So Husayn bin Mudar went. And he called Saad. Now he went there and he said to Saad bin Mahdi, he said, you know what is happening? He said, you are sitting here. You, you, do you know what is going on here? He said, what happened? He said, your cousin, Asad bin Zurara, has brought somebody from Makkah. He is a, you know, friend of Muhammad sallallahu And he is converting all our people. He didn't tell him, I have become Muslim. He said, he is converting our people. He said, what? He said, yeah. Where is he? There he is. So he says to them, he said, you stay here. I'm, I will go and I will settle him and I'll come back here in two minutes. Huh? <laughs> so Saad bin Mahad came. He, he's also got a sword and this and this. Saad bin Mahad comes in. And Musa bin Umar does exactly the same thing. <laughs> as soon as Saad bin Mahad reaches there, he says to the same thing. He said, he said please, just have a seat. Listen. Subhanallah. <laughs> huh? Believe me, this is not only. Please don't think that this is just some khari reciting nicely. No. These are people who lived by the Quran. These are people, the Quran was in their body, was in their minds, in their hearts. So when they recited the Quran, it had an effect. He recited, and Saad bin Mahat said exactly, he said, How do I enter this religion? Sa'ad bin Mu'ad became Muslim. He went to his tribe, he called everybody. He said, I have accepted Islam. Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah. Ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Whoever loves me, accept Islam. And if you don't accept Islam, I will not talk to you. Yeah, this is another style of dawah, but don't try this. <laughs> to give this, <laughs> uh, to give this style of dawah, you have to have that, that kind of Power. Yeah, but this is a dawah. Straightforward. He said, you, I have accepted Islam. You accept Islam. Otherwise, I don't talk to you. They said, by that night, the whole tribe of Khadraj had become Muslim. Yeah, they said, the people said, Asad bin Zurara is Muslim. Usaid bin Hudayr is Muslim. Sa'ad bin Ubada is Muslim. Now Sa'ad bin Mu'ad comes and he tells us this. Khala, this is good. Alhamdulillah. We accept Islam. Whole tribe huh? One person. One person. Ajeeb, eh? Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyil kareem wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa rahmatika.